All right, well, welcome, welcome, welcome. Um, I'm going to talk about what are we going to do with Jesus. Yay. So um, I'm going to go into uh, John 18 if you're like, I you have your paper Bible, or if you like to use your phone, whatever you want to do. But I'm going to talk about Pontius Pilate and what he did with Jesus. So I'm going to start in verse 36. And it says, Jesus said, My kingdom does not belong to this world, because if it did, my servants would fight so that I would not be handed over to the Jewish leaders. No, my kingdom is not an earthly one. Pontius Pilate turns to him and says, So you are a king? Jesus answered, You are right to say that I am a king. I was born for this to tell people about the truth. That is why I came into the world. And everyone who belongs to the truth, which we know the truth, who's the truth? Jesus. He is the way, the truth, and the light. Um, truth listens to me. Pilate said, what is truth? Then he went out to the Jewish leaders again, and he said to them, I can find nothing against this man, but it is one of your customs for me to free one prisoner to you at the time of the Passover. Do you want me to free the king of the Jews? And they shouted back, No, not him. Let Barabbas go free. Okay, so Pontius Pilate, you know, what did he do when he had Jesus under his, his rule, his authority? He realized, okay, he is the king. Do you guys understand why the Jewish people uh, brought him to Pontius Pilate? Because in Jewish culture, you're not allowed to take life. They wanted to kill Jesus, the Pharisees and Sadducees. They wanted to take, they wanted to kill him, but they couldn't because the law... In Jewish law, you cannot take life. So at Passover, they would get to come to the authorities and say, we want you to give life to somebody. We get a pardon. We get a freedom. And they chose Barabbas because they're like, this is how we can get around and use religion to still kill Jesus. But Jesus, you know, he was smart. So, but, but Pontius Pilate, he still had a choice. He could have said, no, this is who we're freeing. He was in charge of that. And, and we look what he, he did to Jesus. He gave him over knowing at that point, he said, this is the king of the Jews. Knowing who he was, knowing he was innocent, and knowing what would happen to him. Because he didn't want to get in trouble. He didn't want to make waves. So he made a choice of what he would do with Jesus. You know, and... And we know that Jesus, he went to the cross, he endured all darkness. You know, sometimes we think he endured all pain. No, he endured all darkness where there was no light. He endured all darkness in, in the world and in hell. We think he endured just what we can imagine or we can fathom here on this earth. No, he endured all darkness on this earth and he went where? To hell to get the key. So he endured all this combined. You know, and he did it for us so that we could be ransomed back into the kingdom of heaven. Amen. You know, and I look at that. Because Jesus even said, he said, if I wanted to, these people would fight for me. I would be delivered. I would be free. Um, guess and come on. Um, so we know Jesus died and rose again. He ascended into heaven with, with, you know, his father, leaving us the ability to accept freedom um, we did not pay for and invite the Holy Spirit 
you know, into our lives inside of us to have Christ in us. That's what he did. That's a good thing. That's real good. I like that, real good. So I'm going to ask you this. We saw what Pontius Pilate did to Jesus. We saw that choice he made. What will you do? What will you do with Jesus? He lives on the inside of you. If you have confessed with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, then Jesus is on the inside of us. What are we going to do with Jesus? And I think we can't be passive like Pontius Pilate was, you know, knowing like, well, it's wrong, but whatever, you know, you want to do, it's okay. I don't want anything to disrupt my life. I like comfort. That's why he did that. I mean, his wife came to me. He's like, uh, I had a dream. Don't be doing this. You know what I mean? You know, it also says in the word, he who finds a wife finds a good thing. Good thing. Yeah. <laughs> Some of you men need to shout that a little louder. So you're like, <laughs> I didn't hear you. What did you say? <laughs> <laughs> you, you got a good thing, right? Yeah, say it loud, because that, that, that came out of my womb, so you got it. I know it's good. <laughs> Those of you that don't know, that's my daughter and son-in-law. I never had sons, but I got sons, so that's a good thing. So, but we can't just, you know, Pontius Pilate, he had the choice. Freely. And he said, well, I'm still going to do this because I want people to be happy with me. I want them to like me. I don't want to do what I'm supposed to do. I don't want to do my job. I can't imagine when he went home. <laughs> I think there's something about like quarreling wife, don't live in, the, you know. <sighs> I would not want to be in that conversation. But then I just kept thinking, what are we going to do? Will we leave our life behind and follow him even to the cross? In Luke 9, 23, it says, And he was saying to them all, If anyone wishes to follow me as my disciple. How many of you guys want to be disciples of the Lord? Yeah. I want to, that's good. Um, he must deny himself, set aside selfish interests, take up his cross daily, expressing a willingness to endure whatever may come. That means things are coming. So it's a willingness to endure whatever may come and follow me, believing in me, conforming to my example in living and in need, be suffering or perhaps dying because of faith in me. I don't think that, you know, you notice he didn't say that on the Sermon on the Mount, like when there was thousands of people. That's not real encouraging, like, you want to die and go through pain and suffer and everything, like, come on, it's going to be so good. No, but he, he, he said that because he's like, hey, this is what it really means. It's, it's, yes, you get that freedom, that ransom, you get, you know, eternity in heaven, but there's some things that come with it. There is an enemy that is against me. And don't think just because I'm in, he still, he still is against me. He didn't change his mind. He said, things are going to come. What are you going to do? So Jesus paid the 
eternal and everlasting where no pain, no sickness or darkness can ever be. We know when we are with, with the Lord in heaven, no pain, no sickness, no darkness can ever be. And when we follow him and deny self, you know, we might possibly on this earth endure pain and death, just like Jesus did on this earth, didn't he? Is he enduring pain and death in heaven? No. He endured it here, and he's saying, you're gonna car- it's time for you to pick up and carry your cross. He didn't say on this earth that we would have no pain, no sickness, no darkness would come. But he's saying, hey, but if you invite me, you follow me, deny self, you're going to have everlasting eternity with me in heaven. But why do I want to pick that up and follow that? Why would I want to? And I'm like, I can make it easy. I can, I, can, I can skate by with my salvation. It says it in God's word. I can get saved and live my life however I want and still get to heaven. It says it in his word that you can skate by with just your, that benefits only you, your salvation, right? Can benefit just you. But I want to do that so others can have eternal and everlasting too. How many of you guys want to know your kids are in heaven? your family, your friends. Like, you know, I lost a brother to suicide 20 years ago. And, you know, I look and think, Lord, I don't know where he is. That was very, year. it took me years because I'm thinking, what could I have said? What could I have done? You know, I remembered moments. Like, I remember one time, my brother, one of the last times I saw him, I was so busy because I was a new mom. She was just three months old. And my brother stopped and he came up to me because he knew what was happening then in the next two days. Yep. He had, and he came up to me and said, I just want to say I really like your hair. I'm like, oh, what? I'm just like, I'm not even responding to him because I'm, I got this baby that's crying. I thought, what if I would have responded, Lord? What if I would have thought to endure, to carry my cross and not make it about me being tired and, and having this new baby? What could have happened in that moment? And I'm thankful for that moment because you know what? I never let that happen again. But see, I don't want to pick up my cross just for me. I want it for others. 2 Corinthians 5.18, it says, But all these things are from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ, making us acceptable to him. And here's something. He gave us, he gave us, the ministry of reconciliation so that by our example we might bring others to him isn't that good by our example we might bring others to him this is that god was in christ reconciling the world to himself not counting people's sins against against them but canceling them leading them to the one who can cancel their debt He said, I want you to be part of that. I want you to help lead people to Christ, to me, so that their debt can be canceled. That's good. Jesus said, I don't even want to do it all by myself. I want you to be part of that. I'm giving you this ministry of reconciliation. So, let's see where I am. And he said, committed to us the message of of reconciliation, that is, restoration to favor with God. And you go on to verse 20, it says, So we are ambassadors for Christ as though God were making his appeal through us. We, as Christ's representatives, 
plead with you on behalf of Christ to be reconciled to God. That is a big job. And he said, I trust you with that. That's good. You know, it's not just me. I can skate by with my salvation. He said, but do you want to, I've given you the ability to have reconciliation and to bring it to other people. I've made you an ambassador. Ambassadors know how to unite nations. That's why we have ambassadors all over the world, right? They're there to unite. And that's what we're supposed to do as ambassadors of Christ, unite people to Christ. So we're, we're called to do something outside of salvation. Salvation is for us. We all have a salvation story of when we met Jesus. If you haven't had one yet, I'm going to give you an opportunity today, so don't worry about that. If you're like, I don't got one, it's okay, today you will. You don't have to worry about leaving here. You know what? Because we know that there is a way, there is one way that is Jesus to spend eternity in heaven. There's no other way. There's lots of ways you can say it, as long as we confess with our mouth. So we're called to do something outside of salvation. Salvation's for us, but equipping and serving and being prepared is for the generations. It's for the generations. All the parents are like, amen, because I need that. I need Christ. You've been a parent for more than one day. More than one day. And all the kids are like, I'm not that bad. You're going to have kids one day. You'll come back to your parents like, oh, I'm so glad you knew the Lord. But it's, that's what it's for. Equipping is not just for us. Like, It's for others. You know, ambassadors know how to maintain relationships, don't they? That's their job. Maintain relationships between nations. You know what? The nation of darkness and the nation of light. We are taking people from that darkness, ambassadors, and saying, hey, here is the nation of light, and I want you to have right standing with it. His name is Jesus. And I know this because you know what? I'm part of that. And, I, and you want to be part of that? You know, every abundance, every blessing, every good thing is here. You know, people are like, yeah, every good thing? I want to be part of that. I mean, I do. We need to know how to take that ministry of reconciliation and apply it to others so that it will benefit more than us. It needs to benefit. We went to a leadership thing with our network um, for the for the U.S. and um, our network is out of the U.K. But we met with this uh, this group, and they were all leaders, apostolic the movement. And my husband, we're at a restaurant, and you guys, I've got to tell you this because y'all know that people constantly come up to me, talk to me, strangers. I'm hugging people. That's you know that's him. That's not my husband, is it? <laughs> Any of you have met him, been like, all of a sudden we're all sitting there all these leaders and my husband's going to talk to this lady and it's like 20 minutes so in their talk in their hug and all of a sudden I get up this lady don't even I don't even know her name and she's like get over here oh you're his wife and I'm just we're just hugging all these people that are other leaders are like like we're in a different state we're in Massachusetts like we're we never been there before this isn't and so you know but for us it was just normal like when she came up and she just you know, I stood up and she just comes and hugs me and then we're hugging and, and I, I still don't know her name to this. What was her name? Do you remember? Oh, you don't know her name either. I know that. But I thought that spirit of reconciliation 
is even in a restaurant, even that time, it doesn't matter. You don't need to know their name. You need to know that their spirit needs to be encouraged or reconciled to Christ. How good is that? So I just want to, I want to show that because I want to show he can do that. So if you see him in public, run up and hug him. <laughs> and I'll run away down the other aisle. <laughs> it's just, that's for sure. But I know that he can do it. I think God showed me that he can do it because he's always like, that's where you live. Like when all the people come up to you and they're just saying weird things. Um, so it's good. So um, I want you to just realize it's not this nine to five thing that we do. We come into church like, hey, let's spread the gospel at church. That's great. That's for equipping. But the majority of people that come into a church, they've already met Jesus. You're here to be equipped and go out and do what you're called to do, which is the ministry of reconciliation, which is leading people to the kingdom, to Jesus, right? We come here for equipping, you know, and sometimes we get someone saved. <laughs> you know, sometimes we start people's journey, but most of the time we're, 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 churches are meant for equipping. So it's not this nine to five, like, it's really good to speak about it here at church, but it's our character, it's our countenance, it's our lifestyle, it's our identity. When it becomes that, everywhere you go, you're working, you're, you're, you're like a mom 24-7, you're always working. But the burden is light because Christ is always with us. So the burden is always light. So, um, you know, you could be joyful about going to heaven. How many of you guys are happy that you're going to heaven? Not going to heaven. I am... I am very happy. I have, you know, read the few things I've read about how that's not where I want to be. So I am happy. So when I got saved, I was, it was good. It was good. And, and, and when I first got saved, it was all about me. I want more. I want to do this. This, is, this feels good. But God's like, well, now I'm coming. I'm asking something of you. I'm asking something of you. If you knew your children or your spouse or your parents or your friends were destined for hell, what would you do? What would you say? Would it be like Pontius Pilate? It's like, I'm worried about what people are going to think about me. I'm worried at work because nobody, nobody there, you know, talks about Jesus or lives like that. And if I do, they're going to razz me. Is that an old word or what? Razz me. <laughs> harass me, be against me, try to find fault in me, spread lies about you. Yeah, all of that stuff happens. But that's when we need to realize, oh, I'm just, I'm picking up my cross. That's what's happening in that moment. I'm picking up my cross right now because the enemy does not want the Spirit of the Lord released here. Instead, we're like, oh, set that cross down. People just get real riled up when they see that coming in with you to work. When that's coming into your household. But I look and I think, there's been times that I have been like Pontius Pilate. And it has been about, I want my life to benefit 
It's been about me. I don't want to be uncomfortable. I don't want someone not to like me. It feels good. When, when you guys, when I'm up here preaching the word and you guys are smiling back, that feels good. But there's sometimes I'm up here and there are some things going on and people are not happy with me. And I'm like, okay, Lord. <laughs> you know, it feels better. But when I look at it, it's like, Lord, that's good. But it's not what you called me to do. I get to experience a blessing because you are so good. But I am called to partner in the ministry of reconciliation. Do you guys understand that? Salvation, it was just the onboarding process. If you look at it as a job. You're filling out all the paperwork. Oh, this is good. I'm telling them all about me, how old I am, my, my education. All the, like when you, when you start a job, right? There's salvation. It's all about you. How much am I going to get paid? <laughs> all of these things, right? Then as you go, you're required. There's something required of you. And that's what we need to see the requirement is. Jesus did so much for us. Everything that's really hard, even the things we think are hard, will pass away. They're not even everlasting. If you're like, oh, I'm struggling with sickness, that's okay because one day that will pass away. I'm struggling with finances. That's okay because one day that will pass away. I'm struggling, you know, how to connect with people. You know, all of that stuff will pass away and it will just be Jesus. It will just be heaven. We will be worshiping the Lord he did all of the hard things. You know, I think we need to realize that, like, even our hard things, they're not hard because we already, we always know the end result. If it ain't good, you know, it ain't the end. God works all things out for the good of those who love him, right? It says that in his word. So if I'm in a part where it's, if this is not good right now, I already know the victory. It's going to be good because God said he will work out all things. All things. Does anyone have something that is exempt from all? (laughs) No, but all things for the good of those who love the Lord. He gave us freedom. He gave us, you know, free choice. Sometimes when I'm dealing with people, I'm like, can we take their free choice away? (laughs) Because it's taken a lot of knocks. And God's like, you know what, you were there one day. There was a spot that people felt that way about you. And I thought, oh. So I, I just want to finish with this is, what will you do with Jesus? What are you going to do today, tomorrow? What are you going to do on your social media platforms? What are you going to do in your jobs, in your home, with your family? Are you setting up boundaries that are good? Are, are you... Are you talking about Jesus. Does your life, you know, I'm trying to think, you know, radiate who you are? Most people should know that you are a Christian before you ever open your mouth. If you have to open your mouth and convince people, (laughs) I worked with someone and all these parents used to come up and I think you guys were in my preschool. I think I recognize you many years ago. And I used to work in preschool, but I had a teacher, and they're like, I love the Lord. I, I go to church, and I'm about God. And I had a parent come up to me and said, I need to talk to you. And I said, okay, let's talk. And talking to this parent, 
and and they're like, I just wanted to know, because I'm putting my kid in here, but I love the Lord, and I just want to know, I could tell that you love God and that you will keep my child safe and protected. You know, could you be praying these things for my child? And they said, I don't know if that teacher does, and I'm scared to put my child in here. And I thought, and I told that teacher, I said, you know what, you want to profess the Lord, your life better start looking like it without saying something. She did not like that. She actually came to me and she said, I don't like that you outshine me and we are not friends anymore. Yeah. Don't think because people say Jesus, Bible, God all the time that they are in it for anything but their own salvation. And that's where we have to say, if there is a piece of me that is about me, it needs to go. Because there are so many other people that need what I already received freely. So what will you do with Jesus? Will you keep it for yourself and put yourself on a platform so that you will be glorified? Or are you going to say any moment, any time, any place, I am going to do what my, I'm called to do and lead people to Christ, even if it's uncomfortable, even if I'm the only one, even if my cross is really heavy. There are some places that that cross is heavy. Jesus even had someone help him carry the cross, didn't he? What was his name? You know. Simeon. Yeah, it was Simeon. And, and you know, and I'm thinking, sometimes our cross is heavy. That's why, that's why we come here. That's why we gather together, because we need to build up encourage, comfort, equip each other. And we hear the word, we get excited, and we say, I can do that. I can do what I'm called to do. So I'm asking, what will you do with Jesus? What will you do with Jesus today? Today is Easter and it's exciting. And in the moment, we're like, yes, today I could feel like I could go out and I could tell anybody. And then tomorrow comes. And we're like, don't let anyone know, you know, kind of like Peter. I don't know what you're talking about. I don't go to church. They're like, I can tell by your mouth. You know, I can tell by your actions. You know, I always think it's funny when someone's like, I go to church and people are like, you do? <laughs> There's been people I've been like, don't tell anybody that. <laughs> yeah. Like, just don't tell anybody. Let's, let's, get, let, let's get this cleaned up so that you can lead people to Christ and not, you know, because people sometimes see a falseness because we're putting on the spirit of religion and they never meet Jesus. Like I always say, it's better for people. I love it when people meet Christ first and the church second church is messy. We're all walking it out. We all make mistakes. I mean, Jesus sent out the disciples and he's like, go, you know, set people free, preach the word, tell them. They, they messed that all up. <laughs> they came back and Jesus was like, yeah. So he didn't say, you're never doing that again. That's it. You're all done. None of you are my disciples. I'm going to get new people. You're done. No, no, no. Because the church is messy. Jesus knew that. That's why he is the head of the church, right? He's the head because he's like, sometimes the body twitches. <laughs> but he's the head. He's the head. And he says, what are you going to do? I'm living on the inside of you. What are you going to do with me today? So um, let's pray.